every single thing that you've gone through equips you to be able to do what you were born to do. Welcome back to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. I'm so glad that you joined me today. I want to continue with the questions that we need to be asking ourselves on a pretty regular basis uh, to be in touch with the ways that we've grown and the different perspective and context that we have around the things that we've been through. Hopefully what we've gone through, we don't just go through, we grow through. And that's really the importance of of these questions and every other question that you ever ask about yourself. I think for so many of us, our lives are like, you know, the hamster in the wheel. I mean, you just get up and you go, 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 and you collapse into bed and you wake up the next morning, you do the exact same thing, just going, going, going. I think for us to just stop for a minute and really think through who we are, what we're doing, how we're spending the irredeemable moments of our lives is significant. I think for a lot of people, they think, oh, that's just a waste of time. I don't have time for it. It's really not because when you stop and take inventory and reevaluate your life, it's your opportunity to cut out the things that maybe are not moving you toward your purpose, to evaluate whether or not something's working for you. If maybe you're in a relationship that is, um, you know, taxing, sealing your energy, maybe not part of your assignment. And it doesn't have to be a relationship. It can be anything that you've, you know, some obligation, some commitment that you've made that now that you've been doing it for a while, it's time to really think about whether or not you feel like uh, it's what you're supposed to be doing now. Some things that we do, are for a season, not for a whole entire lifetime. So uh, with that, list the reasons you should congratulate yourself. I could stop right there and probably talk a whole podcast about that. And I wish I had the kind of podcast where I could take calls and questions. Some Somehow, if, if somebody knows how to do that stuff, let me know. Uh, I think... We don't give ourselves enough credit. I can't tell you the number of times where somebody has said to me when I've said, you know, something like that, like, what's your, what achievement in your life are you proudest of? Where people will say, well, I mean, nothing like you haven't written a book or I haven't started a business as though any other accomplishment is insignificant. No, Everybody's purpose is different. And, you know, we shouldn't minimize the things that we've accomplished, the things that we've overcome, just because 
the news vans didn't roll up, you know, and have it on the six o'clock news. Some of the most significant things that we can do aren't even recognized by another human being. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, when I answered that question, I thought about, you know, buying my first house. I thought about starting my company, writing my first book. I, I thought about different times that I've been recognized for awards or, you know, things like that. And I thought, you know what? All of those things are nice. But the most significant thing that, that I have that I can actually really, truly congratulate myself for, that sounds kind of um, arrogant. I don't mean it like that. But it, but it kind of is. Like, let's give ourselves credit for the things that we've done. I think the most significant thing is that I broke the cycle of abandonment and abuse in a long line of generations that had abandoned and or abused. I mean, abandonment is abuse, but you know what I mean? Physical abuse, emotional abuse. I, I broke the cycle. And I know of, let's see, three generations before me where there was abandonment, there was abuse, there was um, substance abuse, poverty, so many things. And I, I wasn't a perfect parent. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I've just, I, I've made a zillion mistakes in my life, but I, I knew that I didn't want to harm my daughter. I knew that I didn't want to treat her the way I had been treated. I never wanted to hit her. I, I, I would never leave her. And in the times when I still was really, really an angry person and a hurt person for all that I went through in my childhood, it wouldn't take much for that anger to bubble up to the top. And I could just, I could blow like a volcano over something. And that's kind of a sign too. It's another thing for another day. But, you know, when, when you, when your reaction to a thing is out of proportion to what the thing is, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic and you blow up like a volcano or, you know, your kid doesn't do something that you ask them to do or, you know, anything like that, and you just blow up and you're out of proportion, that's a pretty good sign that there's something inside of you that you really need to look at and work through. And I was like that the whole time I was raising my daughter, there was just so much anger in me about what had been done to me, and I hadn't properly worked through it. And so consequently, you know, the slightest thing that would happen. And I, and I could feel it. I could feel it. I was going to blow up and I didn't want to do that to my little girl. So to make sure that I never hit her, to make sure that I didn't harm her and scar her 
emotionally the way I had been, I locked myself in the bathroom. And for a long, long time, I felt so badly about that that, and I still do in a way, that it must have felt like a sense of abandonment to her to be locked out of the bathroom. And she would stand on the other side of the door and, you know, be calling mommy, mommy. And, you know, she wanted me and she couldn't understand why I would separate myself from her. But in the moment, it was the best I could do. I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't harm her. It didn't hit her physically. I didn't abandon her. Like I said, I wasn't perfect. But it was actually my daughter who, who told me, Mom, I don't remember any of that. And all I know is that I knew that you loved me and I knew that you'd never leave me. And I knew that you would just flatten anybody who tried to hurt me. So in that in that exchange with my daughter, basically, you know, giving me permission to forgive myself, I knew that I'd broken the cycle. Not perfectly, but but I did stop. I stopped the abuse. I stopped the substance abuse. I I knew I didn't want to be a slave to anything or anyone. So I didn't carry on the smoking and drinking and drugs and all that stuff that I was exposed to as a kid. I just refused. And so whatever whatever reasons that you can think of to congratulate yourself, do it. It doesn't have to be some magnificent accomplishment, although, you know, whatever you've accomplished, by all means, you know, did you learn how to read and write? Did you get some kind of an education? Have you helped somebody in your life? Have you, you know, do you have good intentions? Do you care about other people? Are you a good friend? Are you a good neighbor? Are you a good coworker or employer or whatever your situation is? Think of, think of the good in you. And congratulate yourself for that. Think of all the, the right choices that you've made in your life. Think of those. We have a tendency to think of all the bad things that we've ever done or, or all the good things that we failed to do. This question here is about giving ourselves permission to say, you know what? Um, I I have done some good things. And I have held myself back from doing some bad things. And that's that's good. So the next one. What is the funniest joke 
you've ever told or a practical joke that you've pulled. Maybe it's a uh, an inside joke with a really good friend or somebody close to you that like nobody else in the world would understand. The point though of this is not to pull out, you know, funny experiences that, you know, to try to replicate or anything like that. It's it's to give you insights into a time when you just let yourself be silly. When we have had those moments in our lives where we've just laughed like until your stomach hurts and you feel like you've done sit-ups because you're you've just laughed so much. First of all, that's really good for you. That's really good for all of us. You know, the Bible says laughter uh, is the best medicine. So think of those times when, okay, maybe it wasn't you who told a joke. Maybe it was somebody else told you a joke and you just fell out. But think about the times that you just laughed and let yourself just go with it and have fun. And then maybe think about how you can find those moments again, intentionally find those moments or intentionally create those moments. And when I say pulling a practical joke, I mean, by all means, goodness, not at the cost of harming anybody else or not at anybody else's expense. There are so many ways that we can laugh and have fun that don't have anything to do with um one particular person or group or anything else being the butt of the joke. So find the things that just, you know, maybe it's silly cat videos. I don't care, whatever it is. Let's find those things. And how does that contribute towards your purpose? Well, you know what? The definition of your life's purpose involves healthy relationships. It involves peace. And guess what? It involves joy, happiness, really true, not fake, phony, put on a smile, uh, trying to push through, barely trying to make it. No, real, authentic, genuine, legitimate. I can't find any other adjectives right now for it. Joy. Part of purpose is that that good feeling of thriving. Let's find ways to do that. Okay, the next one. If you had a slogan for your life, if you had a motto, what would it be? Really think about that. Uh, Think about the kinds of things that come out of your mouth. What do you say to other people? I know my friend Amber Jewell uh, is a social worker. She's a published author, and she says all the time, life is tough, but so are you. And she's been through some tough things. Mine is succeed because of what you've been through. Not just despite what you've been through, but specifically because of what you've been through. And, you know, the bottom line of that is you know, mining the lessons out of everything that we've been through, 
the good things. What character traits were built in us? What did we learn how to do? How are we more empathetic? How are we just better humans as a result of everything that we've been through, including the most painful things we've been through, the things that we would have done anything to prevent? You have a slogan for your life. You have a motto for your life. If you don't know what it is, I want I really really want you to noodle on it and and maybe maybe journal on this. Just write down different things and just keep writing things down until finally you're going to hit on one and say, "Oh my gosh, that's it. That's my slogan." And I'm not talking about, you know how a lot of people do like, "Okay, well my word for this year is Okay, and that, that's not a bad thing. Find a word of the year. But your motto for your life is uh, so much more significant than a word of the year. Because once you know what your motto is, your motto can guide you as you make decisions. If you think about uh, if I have a choice, for example, of I, I'll take this job or take that job or, you know, whatever. Think about the decisions that we make in our lives. If you have a motto that really defines who you are, it can help you to move in the direction of fulfilling your purpose rather than moving you away from it. That's the importance of it. Okay. Number 23. Ooh. What warnings or advice did you hear as a child? This is so loaded. This is this again. I mean, this could be a whole entire podcast because uh, childhood messages the things that we heard as children when we were too young to really. Uh, put perspective around it or put it into context to to take a look at who's the person saying this thing is this person somebody I should listen to is this a is this a word of wisdom or is this somebody who's um like in my case raised by I was raised by a mentally ill man and an alcoholic and addicted woman so some of the things that they said made absolutely no sense at all some of the things that they said were just really wrong, um, racial kinds of things and very judgmental kinds of things. But, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't, you, you're not able to really put those things in context because that's your world. Those are your people. And this is what they say. Just like, you know, when they tell you, okay, well, this is a chair, uh, you go, okay, chair. And it's not until later when you're exposed to some other things that you go, oh, well, the whole world doesn't believe that way or look at things that way or look at a group of people that way. And so you begin, that's that perspective, that's that context. You begin to put those things into context. So if you think about what you heard as a child and you go back as yourself now with the maturity that you have now, with the life experience that you've lived now, and look back on some of those things that you heard. 
Now you can put them into the right perspective. And it could be that really good, solid gold nuggets of wisdom may make sense to you now. And maybe they didn't before. So the last one we'll do today. This is number 24 on the list. List your character traits that helped you through the tough times of your life. Ooh, that's so good. The character traits that have gotten you through. I can say, to give you an example, for me, tenacity. I just am not good at giving up. I just keep going and keep going and keep going. And for some, you know, some people don't see that as a positive about me <laughs> because it it can sort of present as nagging um, or sort of an aggressive kind of thing. But for me, for the experiences that I've had in my life, in order to to emerge successfully from hard times, I had to be tenacious. I had to persevere. I had to have determination. And so I can totally get where some people, you know, would look at me and think, oh my gosh, I mean, she's like a dog with a bone. I've had people say to me that, oh gosh, Rhonda, being with you is like trying to get a sip of water out of a fire hydrant. And so when I first heard that, I thought, I mean, I was offended and I was hurt and all that kind of stuff. But I look back on it now and I think, yeah, I get it. I get it. I can totally see it's just my personality because I want to encourage people to, to keep going and never give up. And and I'm and I'm kind of an ideator and I want to give them ideas for how they can keep going and never give up instead of just empty. OK, well, don't give up. You know, well, okay, so here's how I've uh, kept going and whatever. And so some people read that kind of thing as um, aggression and it's just too much and it's too loud and it's not sensitive to where the, the, the person's emotional fragility or whatever. I, I get it. I totally get that. The point of me sharing all this is for you to think about what helped you through your tough times. I wonder if, like me, you've been criticized for some of those things that are in you. Because if somebody doesn't understand it, you know, this thing about us, uh, I can understand where they might be critical of it. That doesn't change the fact that it helped you get through. That my tenacity and perseverance and determination helped me get through. I don't want to minimize that. I think those were good things. I could have easily given up. So what are your things? What? in you helped you to keep going was it courage was it resilience was it patience 
I could go on and on. Whatever helped you before is inside of you still. It's part of you. It's woven into the fabric of your being. And it's there for you for anything else that ever comes up. So don't let anybody, if you have been criticized, don't let anybody take that away from you. Everybody gets their own opinion. They can feel how they feel. But you go ahead and give yourself credit. Give yourself that value to those things inside of you, those character traits that you have, the survival skills that you have that have kept you going, that help you put one foot in front of the next, no matter what, that you just keep going. Because that's a good thing. And that's what'll get you through and move you right straight toward the fulfillment of the good purpose for your life. Okay, so I want you to come back the next time because uh, we're going to continue with more questions. But I want to talk to you next time about uh, when we have hard, hard things that are part of our purpose that we have to live with, that we think, how in the world could this, could anything good possibly come from this? How could this possibly be a good purpose for my life? Because it's so hard and so painful. Yep, we're going to dive into that without reservation. We're going out into the deep. See you next time. The things that you've been through have changed the way you see the world. They've qualified you to do what you were born to do and perfectly matched to do. Is there anything more important than finding and living the purpose for which you were born? I don't think so. I think that's the point. <laughs>